Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I have marketing and brand storyteller guru, Kylie Slavik, with me today, and she's the founder of Success Stories, LLC, a company devoted to help other companies and people tell their true brand story to create better connections and emotional impact. Her storytelling online has generated an additional $20 million for the client she works with. Hello, Kylie, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to have you here. Tuka, how would you say, I got familiarized, I guess, with your work through one of the Sounds True uh, sessions on marketing. And I say, oh my gosh, she sounds great for my podcast. And I reach out and you say yes. And for that, I thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always good to share stories with people that are, you know, out there listening and hopefully inspire them to do the same. Absolutely. And you have an inspirational story and I look forward getting to know more. But, you know, as I did the research and knowing, you know, the commitment you have to storytelling. And if something I've learned in my latest years in business is it's all about the story. It really <laughs> and is. Once you change, right? Once you change yeah. that, things start happening. That's what I've seen. Yeah. So tell me about your background. Where Where did you grow up? Where are you from? What did you enjoy yeah. doing as a little girl? I grew up in upstate New York and mm-hmm. I started writing poetry when I was nine. And okay. that is actually what led to all of this, you know, storytelling in my adult years. So I, you know, I was kind of nerdy. I, I always tried out for plays and sports and never made the cut. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was really shy and kind of clumsy. So, you know, basketball and volleyball didn't really pan out all that well. And I really (laughs) like to write. I really like to read. My mom used to tell me that when we would just go on a 15 minute car ride to like my grandparents' house, I would bring two books with me. I couldn't just have one. I had to have two in case I finished one of them. So I've always really been immersed in reading, writing stories and things of that nature. But yeah, upstate New York is an interesting place. It's very cold. I live in San Diego now and I used to live in Florida. I've pretty much migrated to only warm places since then. Uh Oh, I see. Well, I know when we're taping this, it's one of the coldest days for the nation. There's storms everywhere. And I I saw a map this morning saying this is the reason why people hate Floridians. And and the Florida state is the only one with like seven in the 70s. Everywhere else is freezing. (laughs) And I say totally, yeah. It's pretty, it's actually pretty nice here in San Diego today as well. I think we're the two, the two havens. Well, yeah, I have to say California and Florida. So, um, so would you say then that, you know, with this background that you love writing, you, did you see clear what you pursue as, uh, in university or later in life? 
Not really. It was a really twisted path for me. I actually went to a school my freshman year in college that was environmental science and forestry. And it was really, really hard to get into. And I just totally blew it in my first semester. <laughs> and I just realized, yeah, I want to like help the earth and help the planet, but I really suck at math and science. And so this isn't going to really work out. And I freaked out and I I switched schools because there was no other major at that school except for just different versions of science and math and things of that nature. And I just really wasn't good at it. And so as a default, I went and got an English degree, but I really didn't know what I would do with it. I just knew it was probably the only thing I could could do. So, mm-hmm. and it was back in a time when everybody was still asking, what are you going to do with that? You know, like they thought that it was so dumb that I was doing that. I think now it really doesn't even matter what you do in school because there's so many different types of career options out there. And and like these days, people just kind of make their own career, whether or not they went to college. I love so, that. Yeah. But love the, that. that was, yeah, that wasn't a thing then. And so people like really questioned my sanity. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with it either. And I graduated and I worked in bars and restaurants because I still didn't know what I wanted to do with it. And I just, I my friend and I started a poetry venue. I used to live in Gainesville, Florida. It's a pretty small town, but we got all these people interested in performance poetry and we would like pack these coffee shops out. And so I would literally just get any job that would support my poetry habit. And for years, that's all I did. That's all I cared about. And I, it was at that time that I really developed my marketing super skill because I didn't know it at the time, but telling a story in like three or four minutes on stage, you see that audience reaction right away. So you see like, am I impacting people? Am I not? Are they feeling this? Are they not? And so of course, if you're up there being vulnerable, you want people to connect with it. So, you know, we, we take that feedback and we get better and we grow. And so that translated very easily over to marketing, but gosh, that was like maybe a five-year journey from college to career. (laughs) I love it. But you know, and that's why I, in the podcast is called Back to Basics, but that's why I like to ask about those things because I think it inspires others when they hear, like if they go to your beautiful webpage, which of course I'm going to share on the on the show notes, but you know, they think maybe by seeing how well put together you are and all you've achieved and you're, you're young, you know, I, I mean, or you look very young, but I mean, I'm sure that that, that you've achieved a lot and you work very hard, you know, for, for doing that. But the journey probably is misleading. Like for people think that maybe you've been doing this for 20 years, you know, or, for, you know, for a long time. And yeah. just the impact and by yeah. doing something that you love doing when you didn't set up to do it that way. Yeah, I definitely didn't. And I've been doing it for about nine years now. And um, it's... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's my life. It's what I do. I had a lot of obstacles and challenges. I I struggled with addiction and things of that nature. So my path was really not, it was not a straight line. (laughs) It was was full of many challenges and not just challenges of, you know, am I going to be successful? Am I not? But like, am I going to stay alive or am I not? You know, so I share that just because I really want people to know that you can come from any type of situation and really do what you're here to do. And in some ways, I feel like a lot of the struggles that I went through actually 
make me good at what I do today, you know, because if you haven't felt a lot of struggle or deep pain in your life, I don't, I don't think that we have the capacity to deeply move people if we haven't understood life from a lot of different points of view, you know. I no, I totally agree. And I should have included in the introduction that you're a slam poet. And that's why, you know, poetry guys keeps coming up. But she's an amazing uh, slam poet. I, I heard you recite before, but I think that's right. Like in storytelling, you have to bring all sorts of emotions. Otherwise, it wouldn't be yeah. powerful. And, yeah. and, and I appreciate you sharing that with me and with the audience, because that's precisely the point to understand yeah. that that life doesn't present itself in the way we expected it. And it's never, and you, I haven't spoken with a single person that has said, oh, everything came out exactly how I thought it would. No, no. Right. But that resilience that you show in your story about having dealt with, you know, you know, gone through and probably was it poetry, one of the things that actually helped you through those difficult moments. Oh, definitely. Because I, I don't really do slam poetry anymore. But when I did, when I was really involved in that movement, you were really rewarded for being vulnerable and being raw and sharing stories that are very, very real. And that wasn't something that I had ever come across before. I never, you know, I was always a truth teller and I was always getting in trouble for it when I was younger. I would say, <laughs> I would like say something or ask a question and people would be like, stare at me like I was crazy, you know? So when I, <laughs> and that was like, that's been a common experience in my life. But then when, when I found out that I could stand on stage and share truth and people would actually really applaud that and want more of it, that changed my life. So you know, that's what I do with brands now is like, I won't settle for some veneer of what they think people want to hear. You know, it's more like, no, what is the truth of this movement of this business of this brand? And if you can't tell the truth, you might want to think about that, you know, so I won't help those people. But, but uh, (laughs) it, it is really about sharing the actual truth. And a lot of times with a brand story, people have a hard time with this, especially bigger companies. But what people really want to see is that struggle. And I have a great example because I used to think that Nike was like a horrible company. You know, they, they have, there's this association with like Nike and sweatshops or like Nike and, you know, all these kind of things that I used to hear about when I was younger. And when I listened to their, their book, I drove from New York to California a couple of years ago and it was a long trip. And so I listened to their entire like 24 hour audio book called shoe dog And it like talked about the struggle that they had and how they were just these nerdy little runners who loved running shoes and that they ended up, you know, trying to make the best running shoe. And for five or six years, they were like, they were in debt, you know, they were putting their lives on the line. And, and, and the whole thing about the sweatshops, it was so interesting because they addressed it. They're like, you know, people gave us such a hard time, but we were the first American business that was allowed to do business with China again. And we went in there and we, and we standardized like our factories and actually the Chinese government told them like, you can't just come in here and change everything about the way that we do business here, you know, but they set the bar so high that in China, they actually refer to it as like the Nike gold standard for the factories. So Mm -hmm. like you, you, you hear all these things about struggle and triumph in it. And like, now I have a pair of Nikes, like I'm stoked about it. My favorite running shoes are the zoom fly three, you know? So, so it's, you know, like a lot of people would want to just show the wins of Nike, but 
because they were able to share the struggle, you know, that gives me an opportunity to, to like them essentially. Absolutely. No, I, I didn't know. Thanks for sharing that. And, and, and also it's, it's really, and it sounds cliche, but it's really about the journey right. rather than about the result. And we hear it over and over, but it's true. Like even, you know, my day to day when I'm presented with a business opportunity, I'm thinking, oh, so many failures that I had in the past put me in a position now to be in, a, in the right spot because it's built on something that wasn't a success in the past. But it mm-hmm. takes time and, and it takes patience and it takes consistency and, and, and all that. So it's always, it's so the, the instant gratification is so appealing, right? That to think, oh, this person made it in, in three months and they, <laughs> and they became so successful without a lot of effort. But for the majority of people, even a company like Nike, for what you just said, doesn't happen that way. Exactly. Yeah. And people, this is really cool thing that I learned at a seminar in LA by a guy named Robert McKee. Mm -hmm. And he is, he wrote a book called Story and he's one of the, you know, Hollywood gems. So if you go to film school, that's one of the first books you're going to read. And he said that the reason we have to show that journey of struggle, and he works with a lot of corporations who really resist it. He said they get, they think it's, they're so arrogant that they don't want to talk about a vulnerable moment, you know, they want to have this veneer, but he, he says that 99.9% of the population refer like believes in themselves as being an underdog. So somebody who didn't, you know, have life on a silver spoon and they had to actually work for things and only like less than 1% of people see themselves as what he called the overdog. And that would be a lot of like high ranking CEOs or, or politicians or things like that. And people have a tendency to not like those people that are in power, right? At the highest levels, they have a tendency to resist them and think you're trying to take my freedom away or you're trying to screw me over. And so what he said was, if you if your company is positioned as the underdog who triumphed against difficult circumstances, that people would resonate that at the level of like their brain, their, their neurobiology. So like the brain chemistry is actually wired towards rooting for an underdog and watching them win, as opposed to somebody who just came out and was perfect the first time. So it's not even just like a like or dislike. It's not even, it's emotional, but it goes beyond that. It's literally how our brains evolved. You know, it's like, we're looking like, is this dangerous? Is this safe? And they see people that, that don't show a struggle as being unsafe. So that's a really interesting thing that a lot of people never thought about. Wow, no, that's that's very interesting. And 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 I embrace storytelling to someone I know that it's also very good at storytelling. And in my case, for example, I, I managed the family business mm-hmm. and our family was founded in Venezuela. So mm-hmm. uh, no, our company. And so for the past 20 years, I, I find myself in the U.S. trying to make it in the U.S. And, and, you know, us feeling that, oh, don't say it's a family business because everybody in the States is so big. And then you're going to sound like a mom and pop. And then, but it's a 50-year-old company, you know, and yeah. we, we've deployed 10,000 cell towers in, in the region. And uh, so it's not a huge company, but it's not a mom and pop, you know. Right. But then the fact that we are in Venezuela and we have extremely difficult political situation there. And they say, oh, yeah. don't say that you're from Venezuela because then they're going to see you as unstable, you know. And so for a long time, I was hiding this, not hiding, yeah. but not highlighting them, not making mm-hmm. them part of the story. 
Mm-hmm. And then someone told me, you should highlight, you know, the fact that your father founded the business. That makes it so much of a success story and that you're totally. carrying the legacy and all this. And I changed the way I presented the company and it was amazing how, yeah. and you know, it's almost to the point where I sometimes I give presentation. Maybe, you know, this is a family company, but I never really showcased it before because now I sound repetitive. Um, but at the same time, I figured that people love the story. So they I, do. I, I tell it. <laughs> they absolutely do. And I remember we, we did some marketing for actually a roofing company in Miami one time. And they were the most expensive company, but they were like the best company. And so one of the things that we really highlighted was like, this is a family business. We've been doing this for 50 years. We, you know, these are the neighborhoods that we've serviced. And 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 it actually was really effective just to talk about the extra touches that you were going to get. You know, you're paying more, but you're getting what you're paying more for. And one of the biggest successes of that campaign was highlighting know how many generations it had been in the family for and people really appreciated that because they feel like they can trust it more you know absolutely but if I had known that 20 years ago when yeah. I found the day <laughs> company yeah, totally you know it's so crazy say something that I've been afraid and even with you know don't say it because people and always we we think about what people are going to say yeah and uh and uh so what I like about your web page you know it's like you emphasize that that everybody has a story to tell and, mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's not only companies. I understand you also help people brand themselves and who they are and is, and entrepreneurs and, and, and you know, that anything has a brand, right? We are all a brand. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it was a aha moment for me. I, I just recently, like during the pandemic, I committed to have my own webpage because I realized, you know, that I'm not the company. I was branding myself like our company. I said, no, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a brand. As a person, I also represent things that are not necessarily linked to business. Yeah, and totally. So, yeah, so that's why I'm excited because I hope, think about what's your story and, and, and you know, what, what you represent. So I know that then you founded your company and then I know we might be missing some pieces here of the puzzle, but... I know that then you went on to found your company and you work with big companies, with the big brands. Tell me a little bit about how that whole experience pan out. Yeah, well, I kind of just got really lucky because after a certain amount of time with the poetry, I realized I wanted to make more money. And I started learning about online marketing because I figured, you know, whatever I might do in business, I am going to need to know online marketing. So I just kind of started reading some books about it. And I started getting on just so many email lists and studying what people are doing. And I was on this one guy's email list, Max Simon. And Max was, he is the son of the late Dr. David Simon. And Dr. David Simon was the Chopra silent like co-founder So Max was very involved with developing the Chopra Center's product line, like straight out of college. He was a really smart guy. And he sent an email. I was on his email list. He sent an email out. He's looking for a content manager. I did not have any experience, but I applied for it. And I just, (laughs) I decided to, because I was competing against so many people that had way more experience than me, I just decided that my my one competitive advantage was that I was a little bit crazy. And so, you know, he had this, he had this job interview that he set up and he asked us to basically show how we would do our job. And our job was to interview all these high profile entrepreneurs and take their wisdom and put it into content. And so I literally put up a website in like two days 
and I interviewed a successful tech CEO that I knew in Nashville. And I created a whole story on the website about his rise to success. I mean, it was like a five page website. I hired someone to make it. I put all the copy up. And so I ended up getting that job and Max had me interviewing people like Mark Victor Hansen and John Asaroff and Ariel Ford. And so really quickly, you know, my third or fourth week into the business world, the marketing world, I was working with people of that caliber. And I ended up just making really good relationships with a lot of people in the company. And when it was time for me to leave, I I kept on getting new jobs with with people like that. And I, I did that for maybe four years. And then I went off on my own. So yeah, I never oh, really had to. Yeah, I never really had to market my business because I just got so many referrals. So oh, you're good at what you do. You know, <laughs> I'm fascinated by the story. I'm so happy you said yes, because I just know there's people out there that they they just block themselves when they go and apply for a job and they know you probably deep down, you knew I can do this. I can do this. And you never doubted yourself, probably, hopefully. And I uh, did. And- I did. But you did a little bit, but you didn't show it. Then you fake it so well. And then you make you made something happen because you made the web page happen and you really created change. And and maybe without knowing, but you know, you made an impact. And I think there's a lot of people out there that has the same capacity, but just the idea of I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie on the application or I'm not gonna say that I had this experience. And no, just at some point you have to take a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And right. And and that. I think change the trajectory of, of your life and then relationships, you know, the magic of, of doing a good job, being good at what you do, impressing people. And then it's just like a circle of things that just snowball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. <laughs> you said it very well. Well, well because I, I, you know, I, I can feel it. I, I even my, po- this podcast to me is like that snowball because I didn't start it with any intention of making money out of it or you know, I'm in telecommunications. I don't get in anything in terms of business. It's something that I, I like having inspired conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it was like, we would have had this conversation if we met somewhere. And I said, oh, I wish more people would have heard what Kylie said, because it was so good and so inspiring. And wanting to share those conversations with the world. That's mm-hmm. what really what triggered it. And then, you know, magic happens, like you asked Tammy Simon to come on the show and she said yes. And then Seth Godin, you asked him to come on the show and he says yes. And then you say, wow, that was never the intention, but it's happening. And and I know because I get the emails and, you know, of people that say that episode or this episode made an impact. And and that's very fulfilling. Absolutely. That's amazing. I'm so glad you did it. And I really appreciate being on here, you know. Sounds like I'm, sounds like I'm standing on the, on the shoulders of giants here. Not at all. Not at all. You know, I, 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 one of the things I love to be is I say that, and it's true and not because you're a storyteller, but each story has its magic. Each totally. Story, no matter if the person is famous, no matter if the person is, you know, my next door neighbor, those to every person has several stories worth telling, right? Totally. And, and so I'm, I'm actually very happy that you're doing this. And so, if you had to give advice to anybody, you know, that says, you know, I, I just don't know how to how to portray myself, like how how to do more. I know that you and I'm going a little bit off, off track here, but I know that you like went off to create like a, a Facebook uh, marketing campaign from very little investment. I think five hundred dollars I read. 
575. <laughs> and you made it into a sales of 600,000 or something? Yeah, uh, 67,500. That was oh the first God. that was the first ad I ever did and then we that campaign totaled two and a half million. We we spent very little money on that campaign. It was also a $10,000 offer, so you know, when you when you're selling something for $97, you're not going to get that kind of ROI. So that I, was that was a big part of it. But yeah, it was I didn't know what I was doing and we were able to <laughs> Get those results. <laughs> that's amazing. And, and you know, that that's why I'm thinking, I know there are people that have, you know, either an idea or they're doing something on Facebook. They have something they want to promote um, and they don't know where to start, what to do. Well, first you start going to Kylie's webpage because she has a lot of interesting information there and resources and other things. But is there anything from a mindset perspective in terms of storytelling that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, everybody is a storyteller. It's kind of funny when it comes to stories and marketing, people can freeze up and think, I don't have anything to say. But then if they go to lunch with their best friend, they're telling stories, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I always like to just remind people that humans are wired to tell story. We already tell stories every single day. And so if you think you don't have a story or you think you, you know, don't know how to tell a story, I would just really question that. And find the story wherever it is, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Talk to your kids. I always say when I don't have a story, I talk to my son or something like that and ask him to tell me the same thing I'm saying in his words. And then he finds this amazing angle that I haven't thought, <laughs> thought about. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So and uh, as, as we close the interview, is there anything nice and exciting you wish to share? I always give an opportunity. Is there are there any projects that you uh, want to share or anything in your life that it's exciting that you want to share? You know, I don't have a lot of projects because I've just merged with an agency. So I'm not really doing any solo work anymore, which has been really great. It's It's been something that I've been looking to do for a long time because I like to work with a full-scale team instead of just myself. You know, I don't like to manage people. So now I don't have to, and I just get to do what I want to do. But, you know, leaving people with just an inspiring thought, hopefully, hopefully people listening have had some sense of inspiration that their story could move people or touch people or make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, I went from having no idea what I was doing to reaching millions of people. And I think that's possible for anybody. You know, we've never had a time like we have now where somebody can get on Clubhouse and talk to Damon John or Elon Musk, you know, like we are in such a time where people can rapidly communicate. And I, I do believe that everybody has a story that somebody really, really needs to hear. And I just would encourage anyone listening to really understand how important they are and how important their story is and, and find little ways to get it out there. You know, whether you're a business person or not, finding little ways to get it out there. There's, there's just so many platforms now that people didn't have 10 years ago. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you for that. And then the last question of all my interviews is, and in your cases will be besides poetry, is there anything you do to help you reconnect with your essence? Anything else that makes you tick that you say, when I'm yeah. doing this, oh, this is Kylie right here. Yeah, I spend a lot of time outside and I live in San Diego, so I can do that almost any time of the year. And especially during the pandemic, it pushed me outside a lot more. And so, because we have pretty strict quarantine rules here in California. So I've just been out on hiking trails or at the ocean just all the time. And I realized that after working so hard all week and being in front of the computer all week, it's a really great reset. 
So that's what I, that's where you can find me on the weekends. <laughs> well, it sounds fantastic. I don't blame you for that. I think, well, here in Florida, the, the, the sea and the water and just nature, yeah. it's, the power yeah. is so, so important. Well, Kylie, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and, and to inspire others. It, it really means a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I super appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.